Hello, friends. This is Alan Kirshner from Eschatos Ministries. The impact of Bible Prophecy Daily has exceeded our expectations, with regular listeners downloading all over the world. If you are finding value in these podcasts as they help you prepare for our Lord's return, would you consider giving to Eschatos Ministries? Simply click the support button in the corner of the podcast website at BibleProphecyDaily.com. Your support will help us maintain the delivery of this daily one-of-a-kind podcast. Thank you. You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Greetings, fellow believers in our Lord Jesus Christ. Has anyone ever told you that the church won't be in the tribulation? Because Jesus simply would never put his bride through that kind of persecution. He would never allow his bride to face the Antichrist. Well, while that is a very nice sentiment, it simply is not accurate. But some advocates of the pre-trib rapture actually use this idea as one of the reasons the church must be raptured before the 70th week begins. Hopefully, the following information will help you if, uh, if you ever encounter someone with, uh, with this idea. Now, there are, are two factors involved with the claim. Uh, first is the idea that the church, uh, the bride of Christ, is not destined to experience the wrath of God. Now, accordingly, since the pre-trib view believes that the entire 70th week of Daniel contains an administration of God's wrath, they claim that the church simply won't enter into that period of time. But to to refute this idea, there are, are several things that need to be recognized. The 70th week of Daniel is never designated as the tribulation, The first three and a half years of the 70th week is a time of peace and religious toleration, simply because those are the conditions for abiding by the seven-year covenant experience uh, experiment of of Daniel 9.27. The tribulation is going to begin at the midpoint of the 70th week when the beast will begin his persecution of Jews and believers in Jesus. The tribulation is not God's wrath. Instead, it will be a time of Satan's wrath directed against Jews and believers in Jesus. The tribulation will come to an end around six months before the end of the week when Jesus returns in the clouds of the sky. This is portrayed at the sixth seal of Revelation 6, and and it's at that time that the rapture will occur. The wrath of God will be expressed from that moment forward until the end of the week and even for the next 30 days after the end of the week. These issues have been answered in previous episodes by the various contributors to this podcast. The second factor is the nature of the tribulation. Regardless of when the tribulation will actually begin, there is a popular claim that Christ would not allow his bride to face the persecution oppression from the beast during that time. 
This claim is answered simply by looking at the fact that the church has been the recipient of severe persecution since its beginning. Even though the tribulation will be the greatest persecution that has ever been seen, in principle, it's no different than what the Christians have experienced from the beginning. And even in some locations throughout the world, believers are experiencing it even now. Persecution to the point of physical death has always been the threat held over Christians. But the Bible teaches that physical sufferings and death are not to be feared. Paul taught that nothing, not even death, can separate us from the love of God. At 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 18, he wrote in general about the persecutions facing Christians. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed always carrying around in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who live are constantly being handed over to death because of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. Therefore, we don't lose heart. But though our outer person is under this decaying or this pressure, yet our inner person is being renewed day by day, for the present insignificance of our physical affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. At Matthew 16, 18, Jesus taught the disciples. He looked at Peter and said, and I also say to you that you are a stone, and upon this, the rock, pointing to himself, I will build my church, and the gates of the grave, that is Hades, will not prevail against it. Now, Hades refers to the fact and the place of physical death. It doesn't refer to hell and should never be translated as hell. Now, technically, hell refers to the final destiny of those who don't believe in Jesus, the lake of fire. The word Hades refers to the place where the soul of the dead go to await the last judgment. Now, before the resurrection of Jesus, everyone who died went into Hades. The believers into paradise on uh, one side, and uh, the believers, uh, pardon me, to the unbelievers to a place of torment on the other side. Uh, at the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, he took all the believers out of Hades and brought them into the third heaven, into the presence of God. Now, only unbelievers go into Hades. At the time that Jesus spoke, uh, Hades referred to the reality of physical death. He was making a point that physical death is not a hopeless experience for the church. Physical death is a hopeless experience for the unbeliever because it marks the end of any opportunity to get right with God. Paul wrote at 1 Thessalonians 4.13 that the believers should have no sorrow concerning physical death, like the unbelievers who have no hope. Hebrews 9.27 states that it's appointed unto men to die one time, and after this comes judgment. So persecution that results in the physical death of believers is nothing to be feared, and it will not harm the church. It won't destroy the church.
It will neither prevent the progress of the church, nor will it mean any kind of defeat for individual believers. We have the promise of being face to face with the Lord when, when we die, as 2 Corinthians 5, 8, and the promise of resurrection when Jesus returns at 1 Corinthians 15, 54 through 58, where we find in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable puts on the imperishable and this mortal puts on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So yes, th there will be severe persecution and death for believers during the tribulation. But this threat of physical affliction and death is, is no different than what the church has faced since the very beginning. Persecution to the point of death has and will continue to occur until Christ actually returns. And whether a Christian dies for Christ before the tribulation or during the tribulation, there is no difference. In fact, the degree of persecution that the Thessalonian believers encountered was so severe that Paul likened it to the, to, to, to the future tribulation and actually suggested that it was possible for that time to escalate and trigger the very return of Jesus and bring relief to those believers and himself as well at the revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven with his mighty angels. This is 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 through 10. Now, I'm going to let the text of Scripture demonstrate this and, and resolve the, the, the false claim that Christ would not allow his bride to see such severe persecution as will occur during the tribulation. Jesus said at John 15, 18 through 21, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you are not of the world. But I chose you out of the world. Because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you as well. If they followed my word, they will follow yours also. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they don't know the one who sent me. And at John 16, 1 through 4 and verse 33, these things I have spoken to you so that you will not be led into sin. They will ban you from the synagogue. Yet an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he's offering service to God. These things they will do because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have spoken to you, so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. At Luke 21, 12 through 18, but before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, turning you over to the synagogues and prisons, which indicates, of course, that before all these things refers to 
things that occur prior to the destruction of the Jewish nation. Turning you over to the synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors on account of my name, it will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. So make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves. For I will provide you eloquence and wisdom, which none of your adversaries will be able to repose or refute. But you will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, other relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. And you will be hated by all people because of my name. And yet, in actuality, not a hair of your head will perish. Paul told Christians that through many tribulations, we are to enter the kingdom of God. Uh, Acts 14.22. And at 1 Thessalonians 3, 3 and 4, he reminded the believers that no one should be disturbed by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for this. For even when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction. And so it happened, just as you know. And so, in about 36 AD, the persecutions began uh, with the death of Stephen. And the words of Jesus began to be fulfilled. At Acts 7, 58 through 60, when they had driven him, that's Stephen, out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. At Acts 8.1, and on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. They kind of stayed around in Jerusalem. Uh, and then there's Saul of Tarsus, who was an early leader of that persecution. At Acts 8.3, Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house, and he would drag away men and women and put them in prison. His own testimony to this is recorded at Acts 26, 9 and 11. So I thought to myself that I had to act in strong opposition to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And this is just what I did in Jerusalem. Not only did I lock up many of the saints in prisons after receiving authority from the chief priests, but I also cast my vote against them when they were being put to death. And as I punished them often in all the synagogues, I tried to force them to blaspheme. And since I was extremely engaged, enraged at them, I kept pursuing them even to foreign cities. The first persecution from the political arena is recorded at Acts 12, 1 through 3. Most of these other persecutions I mentioned, they were from the Jewish people. At Acts 12, now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church to do them harm. And he had James, the brother of John, executed with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also, as well as others. At 1 Peter 4, 12 through 19, uh, Peter wrote about the sufferings from persecution that he himself had endured. Beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though something strange were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, Keep on rejoicing so that the revelation of his glory, you may also rejoice and be overjoyed. And if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. 
make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer or troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God, simply entrust your souls to a faithful creator in continually doing what is right. And then, of course, not recorded in the text of the Bible, there is the massive historical evidence that Christians have, have been persecuted and killed in various degrees, uh, not only in the first century, but in the uh, years that followed that, and for that matter, over the last 1900 plus years, especially at the hands of the Roman Empire. A lot of uh, the persecutions that happened can, uh, are recorded in a famous classical work called Fox's Book of Mortars, Martyrs. Now, in view of all this, there's nothing that makes it unreasonable for the church to face the persecutions from the beast during the tribulation. In fact, Christ specifically taught the disciples as representatives of the church that they would most certainly encounter that persecution. Matthew 24, 9 through 21. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations on account of my name. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel standing in the holy place, then there will be a great tribulation, since it has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever shall. Jesus spoke this to the disciples as representatives of the church. The disciples would encounter this kind of persecution uh, in general, but specifically, it would be a period of time when the church would be delivered up to persecution, and it would happen, according to uh, verse 15 and following, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel standing in the holy place. Uh, the apostle John described it at Revelation 13:7. And it was given to him, the, the beast, the Antichrist, it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And at Revelation 12, 17, it says, And the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Now, in regard to any persecution, suffering we may encounter in the future, whether it be in the nature of what is happening now in various parts of the world, or whether it be the actual tribulation at the hands of the beast of Revelation, let's keep in mind the words of Paul, Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, or trouble, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We have been regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode.